Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. Good afternoon, IC Maidon. It's so good to be home. Yes, look at somebody and say, welcome home. Will you do that? Yeah, I, d- I don't feel at home everywhere I go, but I feel at home here. In fact, some places I go, I feel awkward. And um, not long ago, I was at a very, very important meeting with a bunch of important people, but I felt out of place. I felt very, very awkward. And, and one of the reasons is because is I go and I travel a lot. And I probably on today am not the best preacher that's ever been on this platform. Hopefully, I'm not the worst preacher that's ever been on this platform. I'm not the best-looking preacher that's been on this platform. And I'm not the worst-looking preacher that's been on this platform. I'm not the tallest preacher that's been on this platform. I may be the shortest preacher that's been on this platform. That can make me feel awkward sometimes. In that very special meeting where I felt awkward, I'll show you why. I got a picture. And these are the two guys I had to sit between the entire meeting. That is not Photoshopped. That is a real picture. I felt awkward there. Now, just saying... That is one reason I do feel at home here at IC Maidon, because I've got some people my size. You are my people. This is my tribe, and I feel at home, and I'm so glad to be back here. Yeah, yeah, and so as awkward as I felt there, you may have felt when you were watching the intro video and the subject that we're going to be speaking about for the next four weeks, the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the reasons that may be was like when I was a child growing up, we talked about the, and the problem with that was ghost was what lived under my bed, in my bedroom. In fact, I thought they lived under there and at night I wouldn't hang my foot off the bed or my hand fall off the bed because I was afraid the ghost would get me. Now, I thought that was unique to me until yesterday afternoon I was talking to Pastor Adam about it, and he said, yeah, it was the same way when I was growing up. He said, they lived under my bed, too. He said, in fact, the the light switch was by the door, and my bed was on the other side of the room. He said, I would have to flip the light switch off, run and jump to my bed where the ghost couldn't get me. Well, there may be a lot of reasons why this could be awkward. Maybe it's because you have never heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe in your faith journey, people didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. You're uninformed about Him. Or or maybe you heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. Maybe instead of dead religion, it was like some wild display or something. And, and so to you, you have been misinformed. And maybe you're afraid of what some things you've experienced or you've seen and you've heard. Well, why I'm here these four weeks, I want to challenge you to come back every week. 
Because we're asking God as a church, as a, as a group of believers, God, let us start with a blank page. Just wipe out all of the traditions and our past experiences. And, and God, write on our hearts from your word the truth about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I entitled today's message, My Friend, the Holy Spirit. Because I've come to learn and understand from God's word who he really is. And I have developed a relationship with him in my life. And so I want to share with you from God's word. Now, this is, this is what I'm asking you to do over these next four weeks. Let's do not just read the pamphlet or look at the brochure about the Holy Spirit from God's word. But let's you and I take the journey. Let's embrace the experience. And let's enjoy the relationship that God intended for us to have. In fact, when Jesus was on this earth just before, the night before, he would die for our sins and, and rise again and, and go back to heaven with the Father. He, he spent a night with his disciples having what the Bible calls the Last Supper. And at that Last Supper, Jesus spent quite a bit of time, John 13 through John 17, those five chapters. He spent a lot of time with his disciples talking about our day. And, and he, he talked to them about, about this person or this friend called the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus introduced him to us. Now, we had read in the Old Testament about the Holy Spirit, but they didn't know him in a personal way. He was the Spirit of God or, or the presence of God, and he was unique to certain individuals. But now, Jesus was wanting to introduce a brand new relationship for every one of us to have with the Holy Spirit. In fact, in John chapter 15 and verse 26, here's what Jesus said about him. I will send the friend. Now, Jesus is calling the Holy Spirit our friend. Now, I will send the friend to you from the Father. He is the Spirit of truth who comes out from the Father. When the friend comes to help you, notice that, he will be a witness about me. In other words, he says, I want you to develop a relationship with this friend, not a force, not a power, not an entity, but I want you to know he is a friend, and when he comes, he's going to help you, and he is going to witness to you about me. In other words, Jesus is introducing us to the Holy Spirit. But he says, you're going to need to know him in such a way that he can then tell you more about me. In other words, we cannot deepen our relationship with Jesus unless we deepen our relationship with Holy Spirit. We can't know more about God until we know more about Jesus. And we can't know more about Jesus without developing and deepening our understanding and our relationship with Holy Spirit. So that's what I want to do over these next four weeks and share with you my relationship with him and the relationship that God wants you to have with him too. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to get ready to write this down as, as I talk about this friend, the Holy Spirit.
And, and if you don't take notes, I, I still want you to write this down because I think it will change your life as you begin to understand who and what he came to do in our lives. And, and not just to listen to me and about my relationship or my experience, but to develop and understand what God has for you. Several years ago, uh, when Pastor Adam was was a mentor in our church, and and um, we were growing together, and and we come to the realization that that God had called him to go to Asia. And he took a, a trip to China for a few days and come back. And, and then we were praying about what God was going to do with his life. And so one day I, I thought, I know this missionary who lives in Indonesia, in Asia. And he was home in the States at that time, just like he is right now, Pastor Chris Duncan. And so I set up a meeting and we met at a restaurant. And that day I introduced Pastor Adam to Pastor Chris. But you see, Pastor Chris flew back to Maidon. And so, so if Pastor Adam was going to know and understand the purpose and the call of God for his life, he was going to have to build his own relationship with Pastor Chris. He, he couldn't just continue to know that I knew him, but he had to find his personal relationship. So, guess what he did? Pastor Adam got on a plane, flew here to IC Maidan, flew to Maidan, Indonesia, did develop that relationship with Pastors Chris and Carrie Duncan in such a great way that now today he is a pastor right here at IC Maidan. Isn't that awesome? Come on, yeah, you can give God praise for that. Jesus told us several things about Holy Spirit I want to share with you. The first one is this, Holy Spirit is God. He is God. He is God. There are many verses in the Bible that talks about the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, the text I read to you, Jesus said, I, he, Jesus, was talking. He said, I will send the friend, the, the Holy Spirit, from the Father. And, and in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, just before Jesus was to leave, he, he said this again. And, and this is what he said. He said, go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God, but, but very distinct in three persons with three totally different functions. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is no less God than the Father is or than Jesus the Son is. In fact... Um, let me explain it this way. Yesterday evening, uh, after a long day, uh, we wanted dinner. So Pastor Adam said, I'm going to cook us dinner tonight. And he did cook dinner, and he is a great cook. But what he decided to cook for dinner was breakfast. So we had breakfast for dinner last night. We went by the grocery store. We came home. I watched him put the bacon in the frying pan. And then he took an egg, and he cracked that egg, and out came the yolk and the egg white. And the egg yolk was not yellow. It was orange. In fact, all of them were orange. I've never seen orange egg, egg yolks, only in Maidan. 
Now, what I want you to understand is the shell he threw in the trash, the egg yolk and the egg white he stirred with all the others and made scrambled eggs. The shell is no less a part of the egg. The yolk is a part of the egg. The whites are a part of the egg. The, the, the shell is not eggs. It's the egg. All three with a different function but one egg. If, if you take water, you can, I drink water, I drink a lot of water. And, but if you take water and you heat it, it will become steam. If you take that same water and you freeze it, it will become ice. It is all water, but each one has a different function and has a different personality. Well, that is who Holy Spirit is. He is God. Not only is he God, number two, he is helper. Jesus said, I'm going to send this friend to you and he will help you. And then he goes on to say in John chapter 14, verse 16. Now listen, these are the words of Jesus. When the spirit of truth comes, he will, he, he will give, uh, I'm sorry, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Let me say that again. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. A helper. In fact, Jesus, four times in just three chapters talking about Holy Spirit, he calls him helper. In fact, God knew that we would need a helper. God never intended us to live our Christian life in our own strength and in our own energy. We could never become what God intended us to become in our own strength and our own energy. We could never accomplish what God planned and purposed for our life in our own strength and in our own energy. So, so Jesus knew that when he left, he would send us a helper. I want you to smile at somebody right now. Look at them and say, you need help. You need help. In fact, without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the, the presence and the life of the Holy Spirit, Christianity would just be another dead religion, another oppressive religion full of rules and formulas and, 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 and rituals that would that would literally take the life out of us instead of give life to us. Without the presence of Holy Spirit in our lives, the church would be nothing but a social club, just a, a dead, lifeless institution. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible would be nothing more than a, a lethal weapon used to hurt people. It would be a confusing book full of mysteries and rules and regulations that would be impossible for us to keep in our own strength and energy. So God sent us a helper, and the Holy Spirit was sent to this earth. His only mission, his only assignment was to help you and I. And he chose to live inside of us to give us strength and help. In fact, the original word out of the Greek for this friend, the helper, is parakletos. Or parakaleo, and it, it means para means side by side. Kaleo means to call one. It means it means to call to one's aid, to stand beside you. And Jesus said, I'm gonna send you a helper. He will never leave you. 
I love the song that 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 Nemo led us in, and Chelsea led us in today. I, I love that song. It said, I'm not enough. I can never be enough on my own, but not for one minute will I ever be forsaken because the helper, the friend has come, and that, that name helper means he's a counselor. He's a consoler. He's a strengthener. It means one to stand by you. He will never leave us alone, but he will stand by us and help us in whatever we face and in whatever God has called us to accomplish. He will give us the strength to do that. Another word that he uses is the word comforter. He is a comforter to us. Well, he is God, he is our helper, and number three, he is God. He is God. In John 16, 16, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will tell you about the future. In other words, he will guide us where to go and where not to go. He will guide us in what we should say and what we shouldn't say. And for those of us that are married, that is needed. We need a helper to tell us what not to say sometimes. And sometimes we go ahead and say it. And then he will tell us, you shouldn't have said that. He gives us the right thing to say to the right people at the right time. When someone asks you a question and, and you don't have the answer, he will help you and give you the right thing to say. In fact, many times when I speak, I speak, I, I, I will hear people say, they'll come up to me and they'll say, it was like you were talking right to me. Well, I didn't even know them. I couldn't do that. It was the Holy Spirit guiding me in what to say. You see, because I know I need a helper and I need a guide. I know that I'm not enough. In fact, the title of this message, My Friend the Holy Spirit, came to me out of, out of Jesus' words about him being a helper and a guide. And, and because I realized that God's plan was bigger than I was and I could never fulfill it in my own energy or strength, I developed a phrase, a mantra that I say every morning when I wake up, every day of my life. In fact, I may say it several times throughout the day. In fact, I've already said it three times today. Standing right over there during worship, every service, before I come up here, I say the same thing to the Holy Spirit. And this is what I say. Holy Spirit, if you don't, I can't. Every day I tell him, I'm not enough. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. I need your guidance. I'd like to share that with you. I would like to challenge you to do that every day of your life. I'd like you to take it not just be my mantra, but you make it your personal phrase that you say every day of your life. In fact, let's do it right now. Will you say it with me? Holy Spirit, if yeah, if you don't, I can't. Now let's say it together. Holy Spirit, if you don't, I can't. He's our guide, and he will, he will guide us even about the future. Back in 1988, me and my wife were looking at our first home, 
And we, we picked out a beautiful home, and we wanted to buy it, and my wife was so happy. And, and, and so we wanted to pray about it and make sure it was the home we should have. And the more we prayed about it, the more we felt we should not buy this home. And, and, and so I kept praying. I, I was asking, Holy Spirit, I need your guidance. I mean, if this is not the home, where is the home? The more I prayed, I felt and had this thought that I should not buy that home and that I should not buy a home for at least four years till 1992. Now, I'm not smart enough. I didn't understand that. But when I shared it with my wife, she was not happy at all. Just a few months after that, a door opened in another city for us to become pastors of a church. And we moved to that city. In fact, we've been living in that same city for 30 years. If I had bought that house, I would have lost money on that house. Now, we waited four years, and in 1992... In my country, the interest rates fell lower than they had been in 25 years. And in 1992, we bought our first home cheaper than we could have bought it in 25 years. I'm not that smart. I don't know anything about the economy or the stock markets or the interest rates. But the Holy Spirit, my God, did. And he knew the future. And he wants to guide you. He knows your future. And he will guide you. The Holy Spirit is God. He's our helper. He is God. And then the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not a power like, like the air conditioning unit. As long as you understand Holy Spirit as a force or a power, you'll want more of him. Just like I always want more air conditioning. But when you recognize him as a person, you understand I need to give more of myself to him. Here's what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, it talks about the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of God. Now watch this. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Intimate friendship. A personal relationship. You can't have a relationship with an air conditioning unit. No, the Holy Spirit is a person with a mind and will and emotions, and he wants us to develop a relationship with him, a personal relationship with him, like Pastor Adam and Pastor Chris. In fact, he, he wants you to talk to him, and he wants you to listen to him. People will come up to me all the time and they say, will you, will you ask the Holy Spirit if he has a word for me? And I always look at them and say the same thing. Yes, he has a word for you. And they get excited and they say, what is it? And I'll say, he wants to talk to you. And he does. He wants to speak to you. We know the Holy Spirit is a person because First of all, he has a mind. 
The Bible says in Romans 8, 27, God, who looks into our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit. Holy Spirit has a mind. And He wants to reveal His mind to us. He has thoughts. In fact, they're the thoughts of God. And He wants to reveal the thoughts of God to us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible? No, no, people wrote it, but the Holy Spirit gave them what to say. And the Holy Spirit understands every word in the Bible. And it's the only book in all the world that anybody at any time can talk to the author and ask the author, what did you mean here? Help me understand this. And the Holy Spirit will give you his mind and help you understand the word of God. He has a mind, and he wants to help you with every problem that you face in your life. He has a solution. With every, with every question that you have in your life, Holy Spirit has an answer. With every decision that you're trying to make, he wants to give you direction in making that decision. In fact, when I was 19 years old, I was engaged to be married. I was a preacher, and she played the piano. I thought every preacher needs a wife that plays the piano. But as I was praying, I began to feel she was not the girl I was to marry. But I said, I've already engaged. I've already given her a ring. Holy Spirit, I need your mind on one day I was reading the Bible where Abraham was talking about Isaac, his son. And he was talking to his servant. And then he told Isaac these very words. And I read them in the book of Genesis. This is what it said. You shall not take a wife in this place. But instead of Abraham saying that to Isaac, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying that to me. And I knew I could not marry this girl. So I broke our engagement. Just a few months later, I moved uh, many, many miles away. And not long after I moved, I met the woman that I was to marry. She didn't play the piano, but we've been married for 36 years. <laughs> Glory to God. He not only has a mind, he has a will. And it's God's will. And, and, and in the Bible, there were people that always were Wanting the will of God. In fact, it's the number one question of all people today, all over the world. What is God's will for my life? Let, let's read where these two men were trying to find the will of God. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. Paul and Silas went through the district of God's word in the country of Asia Minor. After they came to the district of Mysia, they wanted to go to the country of Bithynia. But the Holy Spirit did not allow them. In other words, the Holy Spirit has a will for our life. He knows the will of God for our life. And he wants to restrict us from going some places. But he wants us to release us to go to other places. He knows God's plan for every area of our lives. 
The will of God is, is, is in two parts. It's first general. All of us have the general will of God. It's found in the Bible. And, and it's how to live mor morally. It's, it's how to treat our spouses in marriage. It's how to raise our children as a family. It's what to do with our finances. And all of this can be found. The will of God for your life generally can be found in the Word of God. But see, you won't find a verse that tells you who to marry or how many children to have or when to have them. No, no. In order to find the specific will of God, we need the will of the Holy Spirit. And he will speak to you. He wants to speak to you. You say, but I don't, I don't know his voice. Well, well, he will speak your language. Now, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Pastor Adam has a poodle named Buddy. In fact, Buddy has his own Instagram account. Pastor Adam takes Buddy, and he says, sit, Buddy, and Buddy sits. He says, stand, Buddy, and Buddy will stand on his back paws. He'll say, lay, Buddy, and Buddy will flatten out on his belly. How did that dog know to do that? Because his master taught him. I can tell Buddy to do it, and he doesn't do it. But he knows his master's voice, and the Holy Spirit will help you know his voice in fact me and my wife wanted to have children but we didn't know when to have those children one day I was praying I was praying for the world I was praying for God to raise up ministers to preach the gospel all over the world suddenly as I was praying I sensed the impression of the Holy Spirit tell me it's time for you to have a child it was so strong, I knew it was his voice. I got up, went straight in the other room where my wife was. I said, Laura, God says it's time to have a baby. She looked at me and she said, you will use any excuse. <laughs> but nine months later, we did have our firstborn son. And a year and a half ago, I resigned from the church I'd been pastoring for 29 years and he, my son, became the new pastor of that church. Glory to God. Yes, you can praise God. The Holy Spirit has a mind, he has a will, and he has emotions. And the Bible tells us a lot about his emotions, joy and peace and self-control. And in the weeks to come, I'll share on these emotions. But there's one emotion I want to talk to you about, about the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Will you read this out loud with me? And do not grieve. That word grieve means to make sad, to bring sorrow. God, the Holy Spirit, can be grieved. He can be grieved by things we say or things we do. But the greatest way to understand the meaning of this word is, is in my relationship with my wife. Me and my wife have a great relationship. We've been married 36 years. But every now and then, I can, 
I can walk in the room and I can tell something's different and I can say something to my wife and I'm telling her something and normally we would discuss it and go into this long conversation. But suddenly she'll say, yeah. And I can tell something's wrong. And so I'll look at her and I'll say, uh, is everything okay? Yeah. And when she says, yeah, I know she means no. And I'll walk over to her and I say, did I do something to hurt your feet? No. She means yes. <laughs> the greatest way I can grieve my wife, if me and my wife got in a car and we drove for four hours and I never spoke to her, I talked on the phone, I looked out the window, see, to ignore my wife would grieve her. To not listen to her when she wanted to talk to me, would grieve her. And I believe that is the way we grieve the Holy Spirit. And just like my wife gets quiet, maybe you're thinking, well, I don't hear his voice. He's not guiding me. Then you need to ask yourself today, could you have grieved him? I think the greatest way we've done it is by simply ignoring him. We talk to God the Father. We talk to Jesus the Son. But the Holy Spirit who's with us every day, who lives inside of us, who, who come to help us and guide us to share his will and his mind with us for us to ignore him and never ask for his help or never ask for his guidance. I believe that we grieve him. And today he wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us, and he wants to help us. In fact, I believe he's speaking to us in this room, some through our thinking, some through our emotions. And to some in this room, he's talking to you maybe for the first time in your life. And he's wanting to introduce you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's guiding you to understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sin so that you could be free from the shame and the guilt of your past. He's talking to you about Jesus rising from the dead so that you could live the rest of your life, the purpose and the plan of God. In fact, the greatest Thing we can do to grieve the Holy Spirit is just suppress Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says this, don't suppress the Spirit. In other words, say yes to Him and don't say no to Him. I want to give you an opportunity today to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. For your life to be changed forever. And for you to live a life of purpose and make a difference.